Welcome, Pudding People, to another episode of Everybody Loves Pudding. I am your host, Ken Seymour. Today, we have an exciting episode, yet another opportunity to talk to a person that is behind the scenes, one of the makers, the shakers of television, film, stage, screen, production. She does everything, a little bit of everything. We have the chance to talk with Miss Kayla Adams. Well, that was a lovely introduction. Thank you so much. Well, we <laughs> Do you want to come with me everywhere and introduce me? <laughs> <laughs> hey, that would be a great job. I've always wanted to be like Rod Roddy from The Price is Right and just <laughs> look at what you've won. Man, life would be great. <laughs> yeah, that that is like the cush gig. What 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 would you really have to do? Well, we want you to sit behind a microphone and when they bring out a microwave, sound excited. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Props for you for remembering his full name. <laughs> <laughs> so how how is life treating you out in the land of uh, L.A. or your Los Angeles? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's great. It's sunny. It's hot. It's beautiful. It's everything you'd ever anticipate L.A. to be. It's great. <laughs> yeah, that I've always I I love the concept of Los Angeles. Yes. Uh, I have a funny feeling that in in practical terms that the the real life scenario is is significantly different. Well, where are you? We uh, we are located in Bloomington, Indiana, the the land of okay. Indiana University. Got it. Yeah. So very different uh, weather, aesthetic, everything. Yeah, so we, we are in the middle of nowhere. Uh, well, it's not really the middle of nowhere, but it feels like it because for a portion of the year, it's vibrant and there are students and there's learning. And then for three months, it's a ghost town. It's dormant. Have you been to Los Angeles? I have been to Los Angeles once. Oh, did you like it? What's your feelings? Uh, well, I was like six. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you need so, to come out now. <laughs> I, I do, I do. I've 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 been planning a, a trip west, actually more like San Diego because Comic Con is the place to go, the place to be, and I had to yeah. miss it this year again. But yeah. Eventually, eventually it's going to happen. Uh, I'm I'm thinking maybe next year, and if I get that chance, then maybe I'll get a chance to take a look at a little more of California because uh, everything I've seen has got some, it's just some amazing stuff. Biggest question, have you been to Disneyland? I have not, not. Disney World, sure. Uh, but, That's good. Uh, no, Disneyland is, has always been one of those things. We 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 like the mouse, and now that the mouse owns Marvel, uh, <laughs> we like it a yeah. little bit more. <laughs> well, I'll say I went to Disneyland for the first time in my life as an adult a few months ago. Nice. So from one adult to another – it doesn't matter the age. It is totally worth going. So put that on your bucket list. Anaheim, California, yeah. here you come. I'm making yeah. plans for you. <laughs> I, I like it. I like it because uh, in my mind, I go back to uh, uh, it, it's Wally World and it's National Lampoon's Vacation. I'm just going to take that cross-country trip and the really, really yeah. ugly station wagon. and <laughs> <laughs> Shenanigans ensue. <laughs> That's right. I'll do that ramp into the desert out of nowhere. <laughs> But, uh, Love this. So Love where this is going. <laughs> you weren't always a a native of the of the Sunshine State. Is that the Sunshine State, or is that Florida? I lose track. I think that's Florida. That maybe. might be Florida. We'll call but it. But it feels like here. The yeah. sun, Sunburn State, then maybe. Uh, you were yeah. you were a little uh, higher north in in placement originally, right? I am from the neighbors to the north. I'm Canadian. 
so yeah, a I, <laughs> I, <laughs> I, you know, I try to disguise a with hey because sometimes Americans say hey. I like. I it. never get away with it. Never get away with it. People know right away. Um, but no, I'm from Vancouver or a small town outside of Vancouver. Um, and then I came down to Los Angeles many, many, many years ago. Um, originally, I was working in production, which is how I got my entry into really film and uh, and the States, which was super fun. And I've never turned back. <laughs> it's, uh, it's always something that uh, my co-host makes fun of me about a lot of my favorite actors and uh, creators of content happen to be from Canada. And so he never lets wow. me forget. It's, it's coincidental, I'm, I'm sure. But it just happens like, oh, there's another Canadian. I bet Ken likes him. Yeah, yeah, I like him. Can't help oh, it. Oh, I love that. Yeah, there's a, a good crop of Canadians and quite a few of us down here. So, yeah, well, not, a pla- not a bad place to be from. Help to remind uh, those of us uh, from the, the southern side of things uh, how to be polite again, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I might be an anomaly, but I have to say I – I've only met amazing people living here. I really have. I really have. Nothing against, you know, any Canadians, but Americans are just so lovely. They really are. So I like to hear that. <laughs> yeah. So that's my pitch for Americans. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Everybody just come on over to America now. Uh, the immigration laws, I swear they're not terrible. It's, yeah. No, it's not. It's not hard at all to get here. It's no, it's really very hard. <laughs> the news makes it sound a lot worse than it really is. Um, so, so, but the United States wasn't your first stop, though, right? Did you go to Australia before the United States, or was that a... Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, I... Oh, this is too funny. I tried to do... Uh, I tried to go... To, let me rephrase. I went to university... I thought, you know, it's interesting. I wanted to do psychology, which is funny because acting also studies like the human condition to a way less degree than a psychologist. But uh, I, I got a couple semesters in and, you know, full disclosure, I dropped out of college. I was like, this is not for me. And that's when I went to Australia with a couple of my girlfriends. We took time off of life, traveled, enjoyed ourselves. And I got the courage to come home and tell my family I'm going to film school. I was like this, this life, I cannot, you know, my poor professor, when I was in university, I'd sit in his office almost after every class and be like, you need to reiterate what we just learned. I didn't learn that way. I'm not part of the regular traditional system of how we learn in colleges and universities. And I mean, my heart was an artist. I just didn't know that that's what, that that could be a choice of a career. So after I went to Australia, I went to film school, and I haven't I haven't stopped since. Which film school did you end up going to? I went to Vancouver Film School, so it's evolved it's a, a lot since when. I, yeah, it's great. They have um, a really big behind the camera program now for directing, uh, but at the time that I went, it was for acting. Um, so it's great. Yeah, they've they've grown exponentially since I've been there, which is kind of cool to see. So when you had that break, that that decision, the moment where you go, okay, I psychology, not it, acting. What was the catalyst? What was the prod? Usually, there is either something that happens specifically, or whether you just have a, a, a history of, you know, what I've always just really enjoyed these things. I don't know how I didn't see this before. What is it that kind of pushed you in that direction? Yeah. So it's funny because I know like a lot of actors are like, well, my aunt was a stage performer and I grew up watching her. I didn't have uh, anyone really in my family that was um, 
into the arts as a career. And even my high school, I think we barely had a drama class. We did not put on shows. It was not very uh, embraced. Um, however, that being said, I have written in my journal when I was five years old that I wanted to be an actress. And me and my very best friend, since I was two and she was three, and we're still best friends now, we used to take um, our dad's uh, camcorders and make home videos every weekend, every day, anytime we'd get my sister, her sister, to tr- they hated it, but we'd try to get them to be in our movies. They were terrible. We kept being like, we need to recast. But all we did was make movies. And as a young creative kid, we figured, well, this is just what we do. But I think I knew deep down, you know, that this is just where I found my expression and my passion. And then it took for me being taken out of my life, really, and going traveling and have a whole new experience that I realized you have to go for what you want. You have to chase, not chase or, yeah, yeah, you have to chase your passion. You have to be brave enough and and bold enough to take the risk to do something as risky as being in the film industry. <laughs> so it, I did it. it. It does seem like a lot of times it feels very feast or famine. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. How has how do you deal with that in the industry? How do you keep yourself on a mentally even keel and you know be able to kind of continue down that path, knowing that hey, something's going to happen? Mm-hmm. How do you approach that? Yeah, two things: it, the feast or famine. I kind of see a metaphor of like it's like the ocean with w- sets of waves. There's a, if, I don't know if you have surfers that listen to this, but when you're out in the water you get a set of good waves and then it's nothing. It's calm. And then another set rolls in or it's like the tide, the tide comes in, then it goes up, you know? And, and I was thinking one day when I was sitting watching the ocean, cause that's what I do out here. I go to the beach a lot. I was like, you know, the ocean never wonders like, am I going to have another set of waves come in? Like, wow, it's calm waters. What does this mean? Am I, am I really an ocean anymore? It's like, it doesn't question anything. It's just like, no, 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 there's going to be more. So chill out, just relax. So I kind of see that as like the it's everything is a rhythm, you know, there's seasons, everything has a rhythm to it. And it's funny because on the question of like, how do you keep, you know, your your mentality strong about it? I was having this conversation with my best friend who is a phenomenal actress, Lisa. She's in Canada. And we realize for us, at least I can't speak for every actor, of course not. But this has been an opportunity for us to really hone our mental health and to be super aware and to have mental discipline because it is a risk, whether you're an actor or a writer or a painter or a sculptor, arts is risky. It's risky. And even podcasting, you got to start from something and build up, you know, and to know that you believe in yourself that much, even subconsciously to take that risk, not do your nine to five, two weeks holiday, have your 401k, to do like, hey, this might be like a positive struggle for a hot second, but it's what my heart is telling me to do is enough for me to know that I'm making the right decision. But that doesn't mean I don't have a lot of mental discipline and I don't have days where I'm like, oh, so, you know, there's days, there's days when you're like, okay, okay, we're in this, we're in it. (laughs) Yeah, I, I, I sometimes I, I hear the stories of so many people in the industry uh, about how, you know, whether it's just how they got started or, you yeah. know, ev- even recently, and I can't, I'm, I'm spacing the, the actor who it was that was saying, it's like, you know, I was going to get out of the industry before I got this part. And then all of a sudden. So many. Yeah. So many. Yeah. And I just got to, yeah. I got to imagine that is on occasion a little, little mentally trying. 
Yeah. I mean, I, I have friends even who, you know, are on shows like big shows and, and they film them in the season, whatever, two or three is out. And then it's, there's no bookings for two years, but that's normal. It's just not normal for any other outside of the industry job to not work for a few years. But I, I, and, and these people, you would know who they are. And it's just, you have seasons like that. It's just how it is. There's no rhyme or reason for it. But that being said, I think, you know, we're kind of in like a multi-hyphenate world right now where there is a lot of avenues for you to find other ways to express yourself. Not saying that everyone has that in them or maybe they work all the time as actors and they don't even have time. But for me, I know that in my heart, I'm a creator. I just like to create like that's, you know, that's who I am as a human being. So when it's slow, like right now it's not, but you know, two months ago it was. So I was honing in on something else that I'm working on with my co-writer and, and that will move where it needs to go. I'm always like doing something or I'm painting or I'm gardening or something that like that I'm creating and my hands are involved in. So, yeah. So here's, here's a question that I, I don't always ask and by don't always, I mean, basically never, but uh, <laughs> for, for those of us that are more of the consumer of the product, uh, mm-hmm. You know, we're going to miss a lot of the stuff that is behind the scenes. How long does the average project take that you're involved with from the point that you enter it, whether just uh, on the acting side or when you're creating something from the point of conception to the point that you get to see it actually hit where it needs to hit? What is the average time scale that you see on that? I mean, that varies, especially if it's like when I worked in production with big studios, they have a schedule. So that's in, you know, I don't know what their pre-production looks like, but from pre- yeah, from shooting to post, to it's usually like a year and a half, depending on how many, like when we did Tomorrowland, I think we shot for almost eight months, which is a long shoot. That's a very long shoot. And I think it came out one year later, um, but it depends. So, but studios have their schedule, you know, they have everything lined up. Independent's a little different on smaller scales. You know, if it's independent, it really depends on the work ethic of the people. Because if you don't have a studio or your finance or anyone behind you being like, hey, your first edit has to be done by this date. I mean, I've seen people not finish. I've just seen it not get finished because you, it's easy to drop the ball if you don't have discipline with your schedule. For me, um, with my, like the shorts that I've done, it's always been within, you know, for me, the longest part is honestly pre-production. It's like getting the pieces together. It's getting the idea onto a page. Cause that is a lot of the work. There's, there's three, there's three parts to it. And I think it's funny because a lot of new filmmakers discover this in real time, but there's pre-production, which is its whole beast. There's filming it, which on life on set is it's completely you can't learn that in any school but then post-production is a whole other entity it is a whole new land and you can change your entire film with who you choose as an, ed- as an editor like they can make yeah. or break or save any project and i think a lot of people that i've experienced when we're newer in making projects um think oh we're done. We're wrapped. We're finished. It's like, whoa, ho, ho, hang on. Now we need to, now the work is where it starts is in post. That's been my experience. Um, obviously 
that's on smaller scales. It's not working on the the big studios because I'm not a part of post-production with the jobs that I did with them. But uh, yeah, so for me, like a short film, I can get start, finish out within six to eight months usually. If bad. you're moving quick, if you're moving quick. It's taken me a year before. That's still, it's kind of, it's. I know it's, it's one of those things where you see it. I, I wonder how often mm-hmm. it, it, it affects people where you have to realign your mindset because you've already made it, basically. It's already ba- it's done, and then there's time, and now I have, I have the time where I'm going to talk about it. We're going to present it to people, and you're going to get asked questions like, what did we do a year ago? Oh, my gosh. Yes. And sometimes smaller projects that are, you know, take more time. What did we do three years ago? You know, like <laughs> I went to a, a North Hollywood Cinefest a couple of years ago. This is right before the pandemic. And uh, on the opening night, there was this really fantastic feature, great actors in it, you know, s- some good names. And the director came up and he goes, we shot this five years ago. And I was like, dang. I mean, indie can take a second. Wow. It can t- like a lot of stuff happens. And you run out of money. <laughs> so. <laughs> I hope that doesn't happen too often. That would be that would be the absolute worst. I mean, that would be terrible. Again, which is nice to like have a studio behind you because they got the they got the money machine <laughs> yeah. going. But yeah, everyone's different. I mean, I feel it's like the wild west with film. There's no one hard fast rule to do anything, especially now. Especially now that we have access to and we've had to have access to doing so much on our own because of COVID. You know, even this, you know, we've right. got to have our lights. We have, we can do this together. We don't have to be in person. I better know how to do this, you know, it's, <laughs> <laughs> but you have to, like, you have to know how to do zoom. You have to know how to check your sound, get a good light going. It's, it's just different. We're in a whole new day and age right now because of our tech adventures. So yeah. Well, that the discovery can sometimes be the, the fun part of the process. Sometimes it can be a little different. Like, uh, we created this studio. We wanted uh, mm-hmm. to create a whole new space. We want to get the sound to just be nice and warm. So we're going to put all the, the sound control that we can and get some lighting in a nice, comfortable, warm space, a nice, warm, very warm. It's kind of a hot. <laughs> it's hot, right? Because you can't little... turn the AC on because no. that's sound. <laughs> yeah, mine's off and it's 90. I feel you. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's an interesting, uh, I would never have thought about that. I go, insulation, yeah. that means more than one thing. Um, more heat, yeah. Well, thankfully, it's just you in there. So I think, unless you've got a, a million people behind this that I can't see. <laughs> no, no, that, we'll, work, we'll work on that. I don't think that I'm zoned for that many people at the moment. But, no, you don't need the heat either. So. No, no. So, okay, you're talking about being able to have a whole different perspective on this because you've been involved not only from the larger studio stuff but the independent stuff. One of the things I noticed yeah. about what you had done is you had a, a, a lot of um, stunt work that mm-hmm. I saw. How did you get involved with that? Was that kind of uh, just part of being in that uh, – the learning process or did you think that that was going to be where you're going to go first and then you went to acting? It definitely was not where I thought I was going to go first. It was one of those situations where it presented itself and I've, I've been, you know, gymnast and rode horses and I've been very athletic my entire life. And when I took my first production job, I was an assistant to the stunt department. Nice. So it, it kind of presented itself. Um, 
And then I, you know, I, I'm so grateful for the experience and it got me into SAG, which was so cool. And I got to meet some of the most badass stunt people that are my best, one of my best friends I met on my first job ever. And she's just an in, insanely talented stunt performer. Um, and I met so many people. However, that being said, I quickly learned it is a very uh, challenging job, <laughs> to say the least. I have the utmost respect for stunt performers, what they do oops, sorry, um, on a daily basis to put themselves on the line for the shot, you know, is incredible. And they're so talented. And I did a little and I was like, I love this. And it's also not for me. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want love lasting, it. no lasting injuries that uh, nag you for no, the rest of your life? No, no. I mean, it's a calculated risk every time as is life, but uh, yeah, it, it was something that was presented and I, I'm so thankful for the opportunities. Um, and I was grateful for it and was happy to return to solely acting. Now I can do some of my own stunts if I get an action show or like, there's been some things where it's like, can you do a fall or whatever? And that's fine. You know, that's great. But, uh, or like ride a horse for something that's which, yeah, it's coming. Yeah. So it's been good. Yeah. Did you have an instant either that was that was the coolest thing I've ever done or wow, that was a lot scarier than I thought it was going to be while you were doing the stunt work. I mean, I wasn't doing stunts on Ad Astra, but I had to go in a harness that like, well, I mean, geez, Brad was in it the entire movie. So kudos to him because they are so uncomfortable and so much work, but I had to do a couple days training of, wire work so you could hold yourself in a position so it looked like you were floating in zero g and that was one of those days where i was like uh i i just didn't even know if i could do it it was so hard it was so i was nauseous like we were doing flips i was like this is this is insane i just kept reminding myself though that brad was doing it every day for however many months they've been shooting you know among a few other actors in it but you know he was in the harness all the time i'm like hey you can do it i can do it because i know how hard it is for for anyone to be in it, let alone, you know, stunt performers are, they're this, this more, they wear harnesses. That's what they do in a lot of their jobs. But that was definitely one where I was like, this is hard. <laughs> it wasn't scary. It was just really challenging. But that's like, that's kind of the fun stuff about this business. Cause you get to, I don't know, you get to like challenge yourself. Like I think a lot of, a lot of times acting, like we're worried about the challenge of the role and stuff, but then you forget when you're on set, or you learn when you're on set, there's so many other things that are going to present itself to you that are going to be challenges, but um, it's fun because you, you really get to step up and, and, and challenge yourself. I think it's really cool. That did sound, any, anytime I hear harness, that, that always sounds like kind of just like a fun time. And I mean, uncomfortable, but also being able to be in a position that nobody else other than people that do what you do have a chance to do, or, you know, if you're training to be an astronaut or something. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I've done other harness work for other spots when I was doing stunts forever ago. Um, but it was specifically having to hold your body in the position. So it looks like you're in zero gravity is a tricky, uh, physical alignment to get into and then hold and then talk and smile and act. <laughs> I'm like, Oh my gosh, there was one part in at Astro where I had to like hand something to Brad or something like that. And the director comes up to me and he goes, you can just stand on an Apple box. We're not going to see your body. I was like, thank God, take this off. me!" I'm like, this is the best. 
That's awesome. I, I, I just imagine it's like, oh, I didn't know I had that muscle that is now sore. Hundred uh. percent. Oh, <laughs> deep ab muscles that you know. When I work out, I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> man. So acting right, but so in a in a big production like that, you get a chance to interact with people that have been in the industry for a long time, and yeah. you know sometimes when. I've spoken to a a few people who have been lucky enough to have, you know, other veteran actors, you know, give them pointers or just little bits of information or sometimes just being near some of these people that have been in the industry for so long gives you some insight that you might not have had otherwise. Do you have something that you've been able to glean from one of these productions, whether it's Ad Astra or something else where you go, oh, wow, I had Mm -hmm. no idea, you know, Brad does this for this reason or whatever. Yeah, I think the strongest influence for me was, and it was my first job in film, um, not as an actor, as production, and it was on Oblivion, which was a massive movie. So for me, it was incredibly inspiring, incredibly intimidating being on such a large scale set with none other Tom Cruise, who is, he's the GOAT. (laughs) Yeah. He is the greatest of all time. So and, and that was one of the jobs where I got to work on it for the run of the show because I was not in front of camera, obviously. And yes, watching him, his professionalism, his dedication, his even little preps before we would call action, depending on the type of scene, if it required a lot of energy, I'd be like, oh, I did that in acting class. Like, this is what it was so cool to witness that in real time. And he also taught me about professionalism on set as an actor. Just, I just soaked up everything like a sponge with him. He was just always never late, if not early, shook everyone's hands, so polite, so professional. Uh, nothing but great things about working with him. Honest to God, he gives so much. He gives so much. And that's what our job is, is to give. That's it. Yeah, from, from what I had heard, he sometimes seems uh, extraordinarily serious, which makes sense. This is this is. His, this is his job, this is his, his legacy, his craft, whatever. Yeah, I think, especially in films where he's probably producing, so there's like there's a lot on the line, you know? And, and any producer is serious for the most time on set because they're like, money, time, money, money. You know, like, there's a lot There's a lot going on. I mean, I've seen him laugh and, like, joke, and it's I've seen lightness for sure. But I think they're, you know, everyone's different, but there I, there is a level of, like, seriousness that has to be had, especially in his roles, like, you know, they're never, well, I shouldn't say they never, he does a lot of comedy, but the, <laughs> he's actually really funny. Yeah. <laughs> he's so good. Yeah, it's, this is just a whole plug on Tom today. Well, <laughs> and it's, it's hard not to. I mean, there's there's always going to no. be those people that you that you admire, and well, more often than not, you admire them because they they are iconic they've they've done it yeah. for a long he, he keeps getting the parts and there are there's a reason for that he's a name because people yeah. want to see him why do they want to see him because he always does well Just he does always. yeah he does yeah. to have that uh to have that length of 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 high regard in this business for how many years 20 years at least i think uh is it's hard, you know, obviously like, it's really hard. Like so he's doing 40, something right. 40 years at this point. Is it 40? Oh my God. The, the original Top Gun came out in the 80s. 
I just can't. <laughs> is it really 2022 yeah. right now? Yeah, it doesn't oh, doesn't Lord. feel like it, does it? I thought it was 99. <laughs> uh, if only, if only. I there's so many changes uh, I can make that would make me rich beyond my wildest dreams. Just invest yeah. in the right companies. And, <laughs> Apple. <laughs> uh, yeah. Zoom. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's it's important to know when to make those right choices. And the right choice right now is to talk to our listeners about how to get a hold of us on our social media pages. Yeah, I'm on Instagram. I love Instagram. I, I'm at Kayla Adams Life. I don't do TikTok or Twitter or anything like that. Um, you can also find me on Facebook, but I'm most active on Instagram. Excellent, because you know when mm-hmm. when you see somebody and you like their work, you want to be able to follow them. Now we are yeah. we are a little easier to follow, and we're just going to sloppily throw in maybe something right here. Hey there, putting people! Don't forget to check us out on our social media accounts so you can keep apprised of everything that we do any time of the day. Richard, you're most on Instagram, right? On the Gram Gram, yes. And what are we best known on Instagram as? Pudding Guys. Easy enough. In fact, that's also what we're known as on Facebook. Now, I'd say we're on Instagram just a little more than we are on Facebook. You might get the occasional update there. We are most active on Twitter where we are at Real Pudding Guys. Uh, We will give you updates about the next episode that's going to be coming at the end of the week when it's released. Any other little updates to the Ultimate Comic Movie Database or the Pop Culture Death Counts will also be there. Um, Now, our most exciting changes are going to be coming up soon. We're going to have a new website called FATE, the Film and Television Engine. We're getting close to doing the beta for that. We're still working on the alpha side. We'll be doing a little closed beta and inviting a handful of people into this. I tell you what, it's going to be really, really cool when it releases. Now, you'll be able to also hear about that on our Patreon page. What are we on Patreon, Richard? Pudding guys. Pretty easy. Now, right now, it's very easy to support us. How much does it cost, Richard? It's one dollar per month per month not per day per month <laughs> yes twelve dollars <laughs> for a year yeah uh, that's really not much to help support us as we release new content as we get better equipment to release the content into and when the fate engine comes out it will have its own cost and we're going to make it very affordable for everyone to be involved with this and it's going to be so cool i can't wait for you all to hear about it as always, informative and nutritious. Maybe not the latter. Uh, actually, probably not the former either. But, you know, it's something. We do it every time. Uh, got, got to keep for consistency, if nothing else. Um, talking about keeping things consistent, that's kind of like the number one job in the production side of things, right? Because you, you are a producer on multiple things. What, what got you interested in doing that sometimes very thankless job (laughs) to actually get things to be made in the first place? I think it spawned from a few things like working in production as an assistant. I got to learn how to be a problem solver because that's all it really is. Half the time on set is just constantly solving problems and I thrive under pressure. So I was like, Oh, there's a side of my brain that really enjoys the, um, putting the puzzle pieces together and being, you know, in the helicopter and getting to see everything from the top view down and like moving it around. So I really liked that. And then 
taking that on on a smaller role when I, oh, I mean, I wrote my first short film and, and I'm of the believer if you want to do something, just, just start it yourself. Not because I don't think that things can't happen for you and come to you, but it goes back to being a creator. It's like coming out of a positive side of myself. So I, I produced that and that was the first thing that I did on my own. And I learned so much about finishing, like w- what I was saying in the beginning of like, sometimes people don't finish, you know, and I get it. There was moments where I was like, we could just throw this away. <laughs> just, <laughs> you know, like, cause you run into problems or you run out of money and it's, it's so easy to just be like, well, you know, it's just a small thing. So let's just like leave it and we'll try again. I'm like, no, it's not how you start. It's how you finished. So I just, it, I thrive in that environment. I love being able to, like I said before, have like a thought of an idea and then put it on the page and put it on the screen and then get it out in the world and all the gyrations in between. I really enjoy that. So it was exciting for me when a friend of mine asked me to produce one of their projects that I didn't write and it wasn't for me to act in or something like that, you know, and then help another girlfriend on another project that we did um, like three or four months ago. And I'm going to be producing with her again in the fall so I just I really enjoy it I like that side of things where we get to move the puzzle pieces around and put it together Um, that brings me a lot of joy too outside of being in front of the camera what is maybe the craziest wrinkle that's come up during producing something where you've had to think on your feet and come up with a solution because you did not anticipate that this particular thing could and then did happen COVID. <laughs> I got. I, I should have seen that one coming. Honestly, it was COVID. I think we... <laughs> so I was filming a movie. It was so funny. I was filming a movie. I went to Augusta, Georgia on, I want to say, March 6th. And I think we all shut down on the 15th. Mm-hmm. And so I remember sitting on the plane and I was like, I'm just going to put this mask on. <laughs> no one, like, no one had it. It wasn't a thing yet. But I had heard about it because I had a friend who was in Shanghai a couple months before. And she's like, there's this, you should. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> and so I filmed a, a weekend. And then I came back to finish producing a short that we were doing down in San Diego. And it was so challenging because no one knew what was going on in March, really. We didn't really know what was going on. And there was someone on set and they were like, <clears throat> and I was like, <laughs> and then we're like do we shoot tomorrow do we not shoot tomorrow should we call it and then that night we're all waiting and then that's when they shut everything down so that was i mean look that's the tiniest scale i can't even imagine what people who are filming 200 million dollar movies were like what do we do you know and they and now they found a, a system that works for them now um i think but it's <laughs> that was a big wrinkle that was a forehead crease that's like the last two years, I mean, I feel like we all got a lot out of that. Yep. Never going away. So no. d- did you just have to like delay everything and then come back to it later? We had to rewrite a lot um, to accommodate for coming back to it later with a very reduced uh, cast and locations were tricky um, because even in 2021, when we were reshooting some of it, uh, people were didn't want large groups of people shooting in your location if you were not you know fox studios and had 100 million dollars of insurance with you it was just a lot it was it was challenging um so yeah 
yeah, it's been just navigating the, the total unknown with that. But thankfully, it's it's a lot different now. It's so much different now. So yeah, thank God. Okay. Well, let's go to something a little little lighter. Um, I <laughs> I am the eternal fan, whether it's uh, talking about uh, theater, movie, television, books, you know, whatever. But and while I like to think that I'm fairly uh, comfortable, fairly confident, there are still a handful of individuals that I've either been in the presence of or know mm-hmm. that if I were to be in the presence of, I might have a, a mental spasm as I try and gain my composure. Have you had any of those instances so far working on a project or just meeting somebody out in Los Angeles where you go, oh, oh my, okay, calm down. I just want to say hello. Yes, I do. And it comes with a caveat because of uh, some negative press on this person. <laughs> but it's not bad, but it's not great. But it was Will Smith. When oh. I met Will Smith, I was like, that was, you know, I grew up watching Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And when I met him, I froze. <laughs> I totally froze. Yeah. I saw him. I went and I, I, it was on Bright years ago. And I was like, Oh my God, like my whole body just shut down. <laughs> and I think I like, I don't even, he walked by and was like, Hey, and I was like, oh. like I just don't even know how to react. <laughs> I'm like, all my friends made fun of me. They're like, who are you right now? I'm like, I have no idea, but I am like the biggest fan. <laughs> so, you know, and I know whatever happened, but like that was, and that was years ago when I met him. Even I wouldn't even call that meeting him. It was a bypassing. Yeah. But forever I met him. That, hey, and that was like my starstruck for that, sure. That happens That happens all the time. And I think that very much counts. I mean, even even now, I mean, we, we talk about, you know, he's had some bad press. But ultimately, I try and remember that I don't know anything about what really is happening. I'm separated from it. So, you know the press really doesn't doesn't mean much of anything. I just kind of go off of, well, how how does that person impact the industry? If I meet them, how did they treat the people that they meet? And, and I just kind of go off that yeah. and do my best. Um, I've got my favorite instance, uh, being the huge comic book nerd that I am, and especially in the intersection of comic books and television or film, I had... Uh, the opportunity to go to a convention a number of years ago where there were a number of actors from the Smallville television show Mm. that were in attendance, including Tom Welling. And I had just watched the panel where they had talked and they were, they were witty and interesting and it was great and you know, all that sort of stuff and everything lined out. Now, normally in these conventions, um, they are ushered behind the scenes to go back to Mm -hmm. wherever it is that they were going. But for whatever reason, Tom Welling went out the front door and went up the stairs and I just noticed like, oh, there's Tom Welling. I have always wanted to meet him and to speak to him. And in my mind, I'm going, I'm going to say something witty. He will laugh and I will have a moment. (laughs) And instead, what happened was as I was ascending the steps, I go, why don't you just fly up the steps? I go, what? Where did that come from? Oh, no. Oh. And he he did not he did not just stop and stare point you know anything like that he just kind of goes and off he goes like you sir are the the greatest gentleman I've ever met and I hope you forget this instance 
<laughs> Did you say that? No, no, it's just all mental. Oh. I could not speak to him at that point. No, oh, no, no. I, I was, I was so embarrassed. Uh, uh, just, I wanted to just curl up and die. Nah, it's okay. It happens. <laughs> well, the last funny. thing I want to do is make somebody else just feel super weird. It's like, who was that dude with the, I don't know what he was doing. You know, I feel like it's never as bad as we think it is. Yeah, I, 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 like to, I like to hope for the best. You're uh, like, it was pretty bad. <laughs> you know, and after everything goes well, you will be that person. <laughs> For somebody else, yeah. <laughs> they'll go. I saw you in this movie. I've always loved it, and and things will be yeah. very entertaining. Um, <laughs> so, of the productions that you've uh, been on, you've had a chance to uh, be on, like you said, some fairly large, large end productions. One of the ones that uh, keyed is something that was interesting to me, as I mentioned, as we kind of have this love for the intersection of comic books and film and or television, you were involved with Deadpool. Mm -hmm. Now, were you ever a comic book fan at all in the past going into this? Did you know what this movie was and what it was about? Nope. (laughs) And nothing wrong with that. Sorry. (laughs) Did you get any sort of an impression when you were creating it, what it was actually going to be like. Cause it's a lot, it's very segmented because everybody has their role for whatever yeah. portion it is. Did you kind of get an idea? It's like, Oh, this is going to be weird. Yeah. I saw something. I think Ryan had put out, uh, there was like a sizzle or something before they started making Deadpool. And I got to see the character and his, and hit the comedy he brought with it. And I was like, Oh, this is Deadpool. I'm like, yeah, this is gonna be fun. This is gonna be fun, and it was so funny. It was so hard not to laugh when they were rolling. Oh my gosh, it was like, it was hilarious. He's so funny. He's so funny. And, if- <laughs> and Tim, the director, was so great. It was just like the writers. Everyone was so fantastic. That was probably one of the funnest sets. And the, you know, always kind of wonder because often all you see is the very brief instances, either in the films, the productions, or whatever interviews that you see, you wonder what their personality is like and how close they are to the people they portray. Because some actors, they try and go into the headspace of the person that they're becoming, while Mm -hmm. others believe that all they are really doing is just reflecting themselves in whatever Mm -hmm. it is that they're doing. Would you say that he is the former or the latter? I mean, I would say his the comedic elements were all Ryan. That's all Ryan. I mean, you can just tell even how he is in most of his, well, not most of his roles, but a lot of his roles or in his interviews. He's funny. Or his Instagram, if you follow him on, on Instagram, he's hilarious. Him and his wife are just like so funny together. I don't, I can't say like how he relates to like Deadpool's violent side. I don't know. I don't think that's really him. He doesn't carry a gun around with him, just randomly shoot people. Or like like those crazy knives that they had. No, I don't (laughs) think so. But uh, no, it was hilarious. Like that was another thing where I got to be a fly on the wall and watch a couple like acting moments where he would do things between takes. And I'm like, yes, like we're all actors. It was really cool. It was like so relatable in a lot of ways. And and I'm not saying him, but just even being able to see like when we trip up on lines and stuff like that. And then, you know, you just go, okay, we'll go back to here. And like, it's always a process work. So being able to get to witness that on such a, you know, with Ryan or, or that's just an example, but it's so cool. It was really, it was really cool. And it was so funny. It was so funny. Yeah. It's kind of like, uh, kind of like doing, um, uh, well, I about to say doing stunt work without the net, but you know, you've done the stunt work. So 
I don't know how accurate that is. Right, yeah. But, okay, so thinking of exciting things, which a lot of times people think stunt work is being very exciting, you have a film coming out that also mm-hmm. has kind of a uh, exciting element to it. Uh, the film is called Hex. will be coming out video on demand. Tell me just a little bit about what it is and what you are doing in association with it. Yes. Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited for Hex. So it is about, it's about a, a group of skydivers who finally get the right amount of people involved to perform the Hex, which is a formation in the sky. I'm, I don't know if you follow skydiving at all, but there's like really cool formations that you can see people do. However, they soon discover that Hex is a cursed skydive. And when you actually do the formation, you've activated the curse. And if you've watched the trailer, no spoilers here, but somebody disappears midair in the skydive formation. And the rest of the story, without giving away too much, is us trying to solve what the heck happened and what is continuing to happen to each and every one of us. It's so fun. And the skydiving is so crazy. It's so badass. Because that looked that looked pretty neat. I, the first thought I got yeah. was like, oh, is this basically supposed to be Point Break meets Final Destination? Right. Yeah, I can, I can see that for sure. Yeah. What was the, the most exciting thing in approaching this particular film to you? Was it... Was it the concept? Was it uh, the character? What What was the thing that really uh, lit lit your eyes? Um, well, I play Sarah, who you'll find out more about her, but it, it, she's the lead of the show. And what I loved about this as an acting perspective was learning so much about the world of skydiving and looking like I know what the heck I'm doing with it, you know? It's like what we talked about earlier of like, you have to like, there's so many challenges that you don't like, yeah, learn your lines, be a great actor. But also you have to learn how to pack and fold up a freaking parachute while you're doing the scene and not look like you're fumbling and know like you, you're a professional skydiver. It's like one of those other things that you have to learn part of whatever character you're working on. So that was like, I just was so intrigued by it. I loved where the script went and how many twists and turns they wrote into it I thought it was really I mean it surprised me it surprised me when I was reading it I was like wait what this is happening and I'm not going to say anything obviously yeah I'm not going to try and dig into that and then when I found out who was involved and how much access they had to the skydiving world and knowing that we were filming I think almost all of it was straight to camera I was like this is a no brainer like this is so cool I was so excited to be a part of it and I'm so happy for everyone involved because we all worked so so hard on this film. Well and that brings me to my next question. Did you have you know did you take like classes it's like okay here are some people these are actual skydivers. Uh, they're going to teach you all of it and then we're going to go up and you're going to jump or they go well we were going to jump but that would be too much for insurance so we're going to act like you're going to jump. <laughs> that one. <laughs> that one. I did not skydive. They offered it as a wrap gift. And I was like, thanks, but no thanks. <laughs> However, now that it's coming out, I'm like, you know what? Maybe I do want to go skydiving. It's not that scary. So, no, I had a fantastic stunt double, uh, doubles, Hannah Betts. She was so helpful. She was a pro. Um, a couple of our people involved in the in the producing and directing side were actually pro skydivers as well or had access to that 
So, and we shot on a, in Lake Elsinore, which is just outside of Los Angeles and at the drop zone. So you're constantly surrounded by the culture, by the people, the planes, people jumping out 50 times a day. It was like, you were surrounded by it. Actually, one of my castmates as well, um, Eric was, or is, sorry, he's a really good skydiver. So there was always access to people to teach us, to show me how to do it, the language. Um, so I felt really comfortable, actually. I felt really comfortable with it. Did, yeah. Did you, and I'm very much like, make sure I'm doing this right. I want it to look like as much as authentic as I can to what my character would actually know. So it was really fun. Did you ever get the itch? Maybe maybe instead of skydiving, you know, you've got the, the plane that you can go up in and then it'll just dive to simulate zero G, you know, now that you've been in both at Astra and this, it seems like the perfect cross section that you should do this for sure. I, it's funny. Cause at one point I was like, Oh, can I just go up in the plane and like not actually jump out and come down? They're like, we go down so fast to get the plane down before the guys come down from, or whoever from skydiving. So you don't want to be in that plane. <laughs> I'm like, okay. okay. Never mind. <laughs> that's fine. I'll just wear the suit and put the backpack on. I'll be great. <laughs> That's that still sounds like it'll be super exciting when it comes out. But that's yeah. not that's not the only project you're going to be in coming out. You're going to be in something sometime in the in the nearish future called Awaken as well, correct? Yeah. yeah, 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 that's with Tobin Bell and Ed Asner. So, yeah. Now, that's mm-hmm. that's something I really want to ask about. Uh Yeah. So, Ed Asner passed away not too long ago. Mm. Um, what was it like working with him? Because he... I would love to give you that answer, but I didn't have scenes with him. Oh no! <laughs> I know my co-star could tell you all about it. She said such great things. Yeah, him and I weren't in the scenes together. Oh. I know, I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's all right. He he was he was a, a character. I, I I had a chance to talk to him about a year before he died, and oh, wow. he he was. He was everything that I hoped <laughs> that he would be. Really, uh, that's great. Mi- mix that with a little bit of honoriness, just uh, from the from the age side of things. It was just fantastic. But you can uh, blame him. <laughs> but uh, what is what is Awaken about? Uh, can you talk yeah, at but, all about that? Uh, I think like a little bit, but I, I'll probably leave it to the the big dogs to get that out. Um, but it's a psychological thriller. Um, I play I have a supporting role that you know I I help one of our main leads kind of make a, a good decision. He's in a crossroads. So I, I help him with his decision-making and my co-stars, um, they, one's good and one's bad. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. Fair enough. Fair <laughs> but it's, enough. A, it's a psych, it's a psychological thriller. It's really good. Yeah. It'll be a fun one when it comes out. I'm not privy to that, but I think it's going to be early next year. Again, it was one of those mid pandemic things where I think everything just got pushed a lot. Yeah. 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 That is understandable. Okay. So, all right. We always have two or three questions that we ask that have nothing to do with anything, but it's just kind of um, uh, legacy questions and, and we, we enjoy them if nothing else. So I've got to ask you just a handful of, of our special putting people questions. Uh, and since we are a show named after food that we never actually talk about, we, uh, we, why we, not though? We should. Yeah. I love pudding. Everybody loves pudding. That's the, that's the whole idea. But so one of the other foods that pretty much everybody loves is pizza. 
what kind of a pizza person are you? Are you a, a New York slice? Are you a Chicago deep dish? Are you a, a Hawaiian pizza? What what do you go for? I mean, all the traditional pizza eaters are probably going to hate me, but I like like a pesto based sauce. So like scratch the whole marinara. Give me like pesto with shrimp, you know, that kind of Mediterranean vibe with like olives. It. Ooh, is it lunch yet? Uh, well, <laughs> I think I could have another lunch. Uh, if it's good enough for a hobbit, it's good enough for me. Uh, <laughs> um, okay, so what about uh, once you're fed? Now uh, your body's been fed. Your mu- your muse has to be fed now. Music is something that touches everybody's lives. When you're trying mm-hmm. to get into the mental zone to prepare yourself for getting into the nitty-gritty of producing something or getting into uh, the mindset to start acting, what is your favorite music or favorite band if you have that to listen to? So <laughs> I have a couple go-to songs. Um, <laughs> Shake It Off, Taylor Swift. <laughs> All right. That is, you know, I dance to it and I just shake it off That's and fun. it gets me in such a great mood. I am so diverse. It depends on where I'm at in my life. And I can't even believe I'm going to say this because my whole life I was like, I hate this music. I'm never listening to it, anything but this. And now I'm in it, but, um, country, country can <laughs> I be good love country. I am on, uh, so get me in the place. Chris Stapleton, oh, yeah. Whiskey Myers, oh my gosh, Three Cadillacs, I don't even, yeah, the country. I'm like, that's where I'm at right now. There's a song for every mood I need to be in to prepare myself, you know? Yeah. But if when it, when when you need it, Metallica is always in my back pocket. Woo! So. Okay, you, yeah. you immediately have the love of the pudding guys. Metallica is one yeah. of my favorites. Yeah, I mean, where can you go wrong with that? Right, so. right. I'm all over the place, can you tell? Taylor Swift country and metallica i like it you know just a couple of days ago i went to see uh billy strings uh came to indianapolis and uh if you like bluegrass uh i do he he is amazing two and a half hour set no breaks wow (laughs) i tried to take a breath for him (laughs) right very very impressive um all right so one final question that is kind of out of nowhere now i don't know how familiar you're going to be with this because you said you were not a comic book fan specifically oh no (laughs) but now that there's been so many comic book films that have come out whether it's the the big studio stuff from dc or marvel or the independent stuff that uh, gets adapted if you had a choice to be any comic book character adapted to the screen who would you love to play Okay, well, first of all, I want to see the Hulk, so I can give you an answer on that. Or is it called She-Hulk? She I don't Hulk. know the new. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we'll we'll put that in the future, maybe. Um, ooh, I mean, Instinct said Iron Man, but I mean, well, uh, Wonder Woman. No, I like Iron Man. Iron Man's pretty cool. Yeah. But I gotta watch She-Hulk because maybe it's that. I think it's probably going to be that. I feel like there's a lot of there's, TMI. There's, there's probably a lot of similarities in our personalities. <laughs> there's some good stuff. It looks like they're going to adapt that very 
very much yeah. in keeping with the tone of what the comic was, which means that yeah. there's going to be a lot of personality, some fourth wall breaking, some just yes, there is yeah, some cheesiness and and having Tatiana Maslany in that role, good choice. Um, yeah, she was she was excellent in Orphan Black, and uh, yeah. so I'm I'm looking forward to that. But she'll do it justice for sure. Yeah, here you go. If if I were to cast you in a character, especially since you say that you might be interested in She-Hulk and you had some <laughs> interest in uh, Iron Man, I for your for your physical physical shape and your hair color and just kind of the demeanor, I think you could make a fairly excellent uh, Madam Mask. If you get a oh. chance, take take a look at that character. I mean, unfortunately, she wears a mask, <laughs> but uh, it's oh, I'll check it out. A fair, fairly wonderful and high profile uh, villain role that could easily show up in Ooh. either one of those areas. Ooh, and they haven't done it yet, have they? Have they? not done it yet. So, <clears throat> so there you go. You, plug, plug that right, right. Just a little, little, <laughs> uh, little. Hey, uh, hello, Hollywood <laughs> agent. Uh, hey, take a look. Are they needing uh, Madam Mask? Uh, one eight hundred Hollywood people. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's I, how this works, right? <laughs> I, oh, I wish I, I would have been in, in movies long ago if that were the case. Uh, but I want to thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us. It has been an absolute pleasure. And anytime you want to come back and grace the pudding guys uh, with uh, uh, another little bit of time to talk about the industry and the work that you're doing, we would love to have you. Thank you. This is so fun. Thank you so much. I'm really grateful to be here. So thank you. Hey there, pudding people. This is just a heads up. Kayla's movie Hex comes out on DVD, digital, and video on demand on November 1st.